0: And I was doing Hub. Now, mind you, doing Hub, you pass by five hundred twenty-five thousand gas stations, and the enemy would be like, "It's only a dollar. It's only a dollar. It's only a dollar." It's so accessible. That's the thing. It's so
1: accessible. That's the thing about temptation and anything in any avenue. It's so accessible. But yeah. also, the Bible is yes. also so accessible too. You know, that's Amen. the thing to Praise lean on. God. And prayer. Yeah. yeah. And prayer. Yeah. Know? Welcome back to the JXW Podcast. I am your host, Jay Poetics. And if you are new here at the JXW, we strive to help you pursue God, seek freedom, and acknowledge your God-given gifts. Hey, I have a very, very special guest on the podcast today. But before we get there, I know you guys are absolutely excited to listen and it's going to be an awestruck amazing. It's going to be a long ride. You strap in, get your snacks, everything you need, because this conversation right here. God was on this conversation. I know the Lord is going to, he's really going to move within you as you hear what me and he have to say. But before we get there, I want you to go on Instagram right now. Search up J Poetics World. That's poetic spelled with an X world spelled W-R-L-D. You can look down below in the show notes below to get further connected. Follow me on Instagram for all podcasts updates. And hey, follow and download each podcast episode and to stay updated on where we are. Also, if you want to give a monetary gift to the platform, you can cash app us at jpoeticsworld.com Poetic spelled with an X, world spelled W-R-L-D. Again, all information down in the show notes. But now for the moment you've all been waiting for. Hey, let's have a conversation with Key the musician and just see into the mind of her and what her platform and what, what God is doing through her. And it's an amazing testimony. I want you guys to hear this and what she represents. Hey, let's take a listen to this
0: i stand for christ you know i'm a follower of christ so that's what my music now revolves around mm-hmm. um when i was in the world i had four albums and i had about seven singles out um of worldly music you know so i've i've definitely been on the other side of things where my music represented things that it shouldn't have represented you know so now my music now that i'm a born again believer my music represents Christ, you know, and, you know, my music is my ministry, um, yeah. one of my ministries that, you know, God is using me as a vessel for in order to, um, you know, plant seeds in people's lives and their relationship with him mm-hmm. Um, and just show people that if it's possible for me, then it's possible for you to, you know, live a holy lifestyle and, you know, just really um, surrender to Christ, so...
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: And when you were getting started in your ministry, how did you get introduced to music? Now, obviously you got introduced to music from a worldly sense, but even in the worldly sense, what was what was that tick um that you had that sparked a love for music? Cuz for me, me getting into poetry, that spark for me was from the the death of my mother and how those emotions all spawned in me. And all me just grieving, And I just one day started putting words together and I became a poet or I became, I wanted to be a poet. So how did, where was that spark for you? Where did the, the love for music spark?
0: Well, um, so... It it, it it goes back to my upbringing with my parents even the way my parents met right so my mom my mom was a paid wedding singer you mm. know so she would she was sing at people's um weddings you know what I mean and um my dad was a Dj and they happened to have the same gig um wow. on the same night you know and and that's that's how they met. So my mom and dad connected off of music, you know, that's how they got to know one another because of both of their passions for music. So, you know, it's like my mom was a singer, my dad was a DJ. That's how they met. And, um, yeah, you know, I grew up, you know, in the household. My dad, you know, he would always have an office in the house where he did his dj thing prepare for his parties and stuff like that and my mom eventually became a teacher when she um got pregnant with me so she she was singing here and there it wasn't no longer like she was in a school for arts or anything like that because she figured she needed a stable job mm-hmm. you know to um have a child or whatever whatever you know music is really um It's it's shaky. It's not really a stable, stable, stable job until you get established. So she was like, okay, let me just go ahead and become like a a teacher because she had passion for children anyway. So um, nonetheless, that's where my passion derived from. I was a bad kid. You know, I disobeyed my parents a lot. And um, anytime I got on punishment, the only thing that was left in my room when I got on punishment was my uh, keyboard. You know, my... uh, my little keyboard and I never knew how to play for real. Like my mama, she put me in, uh, when I was real young, probably like six or seven, she put me in piano lessons, but I never really took to it that much. Mm-hmm. So to this day, like, I don't know how to play piano. Like that. I know how to play a couple chords. I know how to play it when it come to, um, making beats, but I don't know how to play it, play it for real, you know, like,
2: yeah.
0: but, I remember growing up just having that keyboard, writing songs, you know, that's all I had being on punishment. I ain't have no phone. I ain't had no game. I ain't have none of that. So I kind of just took to music, you know, in my times of there's nothing to do. And then just growing up, you know, I know my mom put me in a choir At our church that we went to growing up before I moved to Georgia, um, this was in Connecticut where I was born at, Mm -hmm. Um, we would go to a church and I was in like the children's choir um, up there. So, you know, and I remember even my mom trying to put me in guitar lessons at the church, um, because I think there was guitar lessons at that particular church that we went to. But (laughs) You know, so I definitely have a music upbringing, and um, it just continued on through middle school. Middle school, you know, I tried to orchestra, played the cello and the bass. Didn't really like it. Got to high school, you know, joined the band. Really wanted to play drums, because I really like how the percussion section was. Yeah, I was a drummer.
1: I was a drummer. Okay, that's what's up. For 10 years of my life, I'm just... Well, I started with the xylophone because I'm also. Yeah, I'm uh, drum set. Yeah. I started with the xylophone first because I'm also from a a family, a musical family, right? So my father, he's a music teacher and he's a worship leader, traveling worship leader. So ever since I was like really young, it's just been music and music and music. So I started with um, xylophone, Hmm. tambourine, and then I got into drums. I carried drums for 10 years. And then that's when I got to, to poetry and writing and stuff like that and also podcasting. But I also had that. It's so like your story is like very similar to mine, where like playing right. in church spaces or playing at people's events or something like that, or setting up drum sets for people or teaching people or stuff like that. But I want to know like that connection to music in your let's say beginning teenage years into like now. Do you say that music really comforted you like like that that's that was your best friend, or did you say growing up that you had a lot of friendships or a lot of community around you
0: um, hm i I wouldn't say music was my best friend. I mean when I started um in high school, like i said i I started band. Um, And I started learning how to make beats. So it was more like a hobby, something that I really knew that it was just music is just something that I know I was attracted to. You know, Um, knowing that I was gifted in music, like I am gifted in music um, now, understanding more about that gift, knowing that, you know, God put that in me so I can use it for his glory. But back then it was just like, okay, this is something I know I'm good at. And I know Mm -hmm. if I really want to do this, I really could, you know? So um, I just started making beats and I, I was really passionate about it. It wasn't like my best friend. I had a best friend back then. Um, You know, I had boy best friends growing up. My, all my girl best friends stopped in middle school because I actually became, um, you know, I I became lesbian in Mm -hmm. high school. Like starting high school. So, you know, that led me to live a different life. And all my friends was boys. I didn't have any female friends, especially growing up in a time where like when I grew up being gay was not like being gay today. Like, It wasn't
1: like the, the, the
0: biggest trend. You know, it wasn't like, oh, it's cool to do this. Like, it was like, oh, you're different. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember growing up in a high school with, like, thousands of kids or hundreds. I don't know how many kids be in high school. You know, it was 9th through 12th grade. <laughs> but I grew up in a high school where it was, like, 20 lesbians wow. in the whole school. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, now if you go to high school, it's probably hundreds.
1: It's not even the students yeah, now, so it's the they- teachers.
0: The- yeah i think it's just people in general Mm. you know what i mean because there was always gay teachers you know might have been like i think i remember matter of fact you just reminded me like it was like one or two gay teachers at least openly you never know what a person has going on yeah um but at least openly to where you can visibly see that they're gay but yeah i graduated i'm man i was just sitting here reflecting i'm like man next year 2024 that's gonna be 10 years since I graduated. I'm wow. getting old. <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, but 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 uh yeah, music is something that I definitely gradu- gravitated to. I was in a band, I played tuba. I mm. wanted, like I said, I wanted to I wanted to be on the percussion, but the percussion, but the band teacher was real manipulative and mm. he got me to play tuba because there was another gay girl who played tuba and she was small. So he was like, oh, if she's small and she could play, you could play better than her. So go ahead and play tuba. I need tuba players. Go ahead, outdo her. And I was like, all right, you know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, you know, band culture is different. So
2: mm.
0: yeah, he was he 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 got me to play tuba. So I played tuba and then come twelfth grade, I'm able to pick another elective. I really want to be in the beat making class, even though I was already making beats yeah um which was also with my band teacher but i ended up being this is a really pivotal moment what i'm about to tell you i ended up joining the chorus in my school in the chorus the man of god he was a man of god mm. uh my chorus teacher i only had him for one year but that one year played such a big part of my future like man my chorus teacher he was a songwriter, like, he was a real life, like, worship leader, yeah. like, you could tell he needed to be, like, like, he was very heavily involved in his churches, I could tell, you know, of course, we ain't not know his life, but he used to write songs for us, and he would be writing songs about testimony, he would be, he would be writing songs for us to prophesy our own freedom in Christ, wow. so it's just crazy, because you would think, like, a high school choir, you just singing whatever the heck, we were singing on to the Lord. I'm talking about this man got us singing scriptures. We singing That's about good. the Holy Spirit, and we didn't know none of we didn't know. Good. Like I'm talking about, we would be bad. We would be bad. Like I'm talking about, cussing on the bus. You know, people doing stuff they don't need to be doing on the bus. <laughs> and then we go and do our performance on Sunday. Um, you know, I mean, we'll get to the church because all of our performances were at like churches most of the time, right? Because yeah. we always had performances, and we'll go. And we be singing them songs and everybody, the Holy Spirit just hit the whole, the whole chorus and everybody just be in tears, just crying. We don't even know why we crying. We don't know (laughs) nothing about God. We know, we, you know how it's like, you got, you you ain't got ears to hear. So that's why I can have a lot of sympathy on people who ain't saved because it's so many seeds that was planted in my life for me to get saved and I didn't, I didn't hear until i could really hear if that makes sense yeah so it's like we were singing them songs but we didn't understand so we'd be crying and we don't even know why we crying ain't nobody discussing it it was like we all crying but we about to get back on this bus yeah. and be bad again you know what i mean so it was just really divine um i was in shiloh high school choir he wrote songs like my testimony Songs like I said about the Holy Spirit, you know, we singing Jesus Take the Wheel, you know, <laughs> and uh, it was just really amazing. And that played a major role because now I look back and I'm like, thank you, God, for not putting me in that uh music tech class, you know, wow. thank you so much for putting me with Mr. Johnson. And then a year after that, he actually left the school. Oh, wow, I think he moved, so it was like so divine because I was like, thank you that I got yeah. to experience that, yeah. you know. I didn't feel that way later, but it played a major role because at that point, after I graduated, you know, I had already kind of started recording music a little bit. I went from beat making to kind of recording. I remember uh, it was Mother's Day. I didn't have no money for my mom to give her no gifts. I was like, let me make a song for her. I made a song called Mama. You know, she really enjoyed that stuff like that. I was recording. I remember like 12, by 12th grade, I had the recording thing kind of down. So I would let my classmates listen and stuff like that, you know, and um, yeah, that's how that was going. And uh, I actually started recording professionally, you know, probably about three, four years later, because I, I did the whole college thing. I dropped out twice. Then i up going to barber school. And in the midst of me being in barber school, and graduating barber school, that's when I started um, going to the studio seriously. Mm. Um, I didn't really get ready to put my music out there on Apple Music and do the whole, like, you know, I'm really an artist thing going on. Um, And that was the beginning of me really taking my craft seriously because Mm. before that, it was just like, something that I really love to do. So I know that it was a release. Like it was something I really wanted to do, but it wasn't like a, cause one thing about me, even to this day, when I was in the world, I hated making sad songs. Oh, I hated making sad songs. Like it's I don't so like, addicting I don't nowadays. like, nah, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like sad songs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, all my sad songs, man, I love it so much. Cause it's like my heart is on it, but I just couldn't drop it. Like, you know and that's how i am now like i like my songs to have a certain energy of like just life yeah and i realized that those songs
2: it was
1: like not life no Um, you know what i mean it's like it's it's more degrading than putting up and the reason why i say it's so addicting because it's like that stuff carries a message and it's like it's more than just music and many people don't understand this but it's a spiritual message and there's just right. spiritual context is within these, these songs and these lyrics and these melodies that makes it so drawing and so addictive. And right. at the same, t- because I used to be a huge, before I came to Christ and before I like fully gave my life to Jesus, I used to be a huge XXS Tintoshion fan, like really right. big. And his music, right. even though it was so degrading and so backwards, I loved every single everything about it. And when I was about sixteen years old, I was I was wild. Like I I was homeschooled, um, very um, isolated, very sheltered from the world. So I didn't do as yeah. much crazy stuff as all my peers did. But at the same time. If I'm not outwardly doing bad stuff, I'm. It's still a psychological battle for me.
2: So yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That music it enriched that side of me. So I was doing things right, I wasn't right, right. supposed to, like self harm. I was thinking about myself right. in different ways, and that music, those melodies, all those lyrics, it took me down a path. Um, and yeah, yeah, to talk to the The many young people out here who are very infused with that and they don't really know Christ, what would you say um, to get them out of listening to that music? What would you say to drive them? Maybe you have an artist, a couple of artists you would like lean to. Hey, I know this Christian artist. You, you would like them. What would you say to people to get them on to a right path?
0: Well, you know, for one... When you know better, you can do better, right? Mm. So I would have to tell them the truth—the truth about music, right? So the truth about music is that Lucifer, you know, was a fallen angel. Mm-hmm. He was over the music in heaven. Yep. You know what I mean? And and it's like at the end of the day, if you understand that the devil was a musical angel, making beautiful melodies unto the Lord. Come on now. But his want for power and his want for power, which led to pride, got in the way, and the Lord kicked him and the one third of the angels that follow him out of heaven. Then you understand, okay, well, where did the devil go? Oh, mm. he got kicked down to the earth. Oh, okay. Does that mean that his musical abilities changed? Mm-hmm. No. It doesn't here. mean that at all. So at the end of the day, you know, you can I can tell. So what I would tell that person is the history, right? That first. You gotta understand that the devil runs the music that does not belong to god the bible says that if you're not with god you're against god oh well i don't listen to xx i don't listen to all these mainstream people okay well the person that you're listening to it's a hundred percent chance that they're still operating in a spirit that does not belong to god Mm. why because i was that person i was operating my music had lust all over it i'm talking about it was bad people would even come to me and tell me what they do to my own music. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was cool with that in the world. I'd be like, Hey, that's what's up, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, cause I was lost. So that just goes to show. It don't even have to be a celebrity. Whoever you're listening to. That's not with God is against God. Why? Because, they don't understand, right? They don't understand the spiritual aspects of their own music. They're talking about things that are not of God. And when they're talking about things that are not of God, they're influencing you to think that that's okay. And that's not okay. So, So it's like, when you understand the concept of protecting your eye gates and your ear gates, it's like, for one, here's the truth. I can't expect you if you don't want to be free from your demons, I can't tell you what to not listen to and listen to, because obviously most of these artists are talking about demon time, demonness, yeah, you know, demon party,
2: mm-hmm. all
0: of that. So if you like that, you have to ask yourself, what is it inside of me that likes this demon music? Yeah. You have to ask yourself that. What is it inside of me that likes this demon music? And do I want to separate from what it is in me that likes his demon music if you don't then that's on you life is about choices but also just understand that God is not separating you from secular music so that you can miss out on anything because even when I first got saved God no, I don't play about my music like I'm not even talking about my music that I make just music in general like I love listening to music I love so it was like when I first got saved God was showing me like you know, because I thought even in the midst of me making music, I wasn't making music yet, but I thought that I was going to have to make music like, oh, like I thought I was always going to have to be in like <laughs> gospel mode, but God started showing me it's it's, it's Christian hip hop, it's Christian R&B, yeah. it's Christian trap. There's when I was daphnees. in the world, I did not like trap music. But when I came to Christ, I started listening to Christian trap because that's all it is. Yeah, It's like, I like this now. I didn't like it in the world because it was too dark for me. And like I told you, I gravitated toward more lustful music, more lighter music, you know what I mean? Everybody has their issues, and that was my issue. You know, obviously living a a lesbian lifestyle, you know, sexual sin was a big sin that I had issues with and really idolatry of my own craft. Mm,
2: So I would tell
0: the person, you know, I would tell the person, you know, Really seek the Lord because it's certain things that this music is doing to you that you might not understand what the culprit is, but it's what you're listening to. If I listen to XX Tentacion, it's going to make me want to kill myself. Yep. This man had videos in a casket before he even was in a casket.
1: Yep. He you know, that persona that,
0: that's going to make me. Right, that's what I'm trying to say. That's going to make me want to die. If I listen to Post Malone talking about I fall apart, I'm going to want to fall apart because words have power, and you got to understand that words is not just words. Words is power. So, you know, that person really has a lot to learn, and they have to want to learn. If you don't want to learn, if you don't want to do better, then you won't do better. And it's like we can't sit here, and especially in the black community, we can't sit here and talk about, oh we should be this way and other cultures do this and that but you don't you you continuously want to listen to music that's telling you to kill the next black man you see Mm. it don't make sense you know so yeah if you if you if you wanted to be better you have to do
1: better and in the the music scene the music scene it's very transformative and it's not even for the people listening to it obviously it's transforming Mm -hmm. their lives but if you look at the artists, like if you look at Post Malone when he just got started, compared to him today, or if you look at any other artists, even X, if you look at any of these worldly artists from the time they started to today, you'll look at back then. Oh, this person looks like a, a good, a good person to be around. Now their presence, like the face tattoos, the the everything, it's just a mm-hmm. constant. Mm-hmm. It's a constant reminder that they are deeply entrenched into this and it, they have just molded them physically molded themselves with skin tattoos and all these piercings and everything like that to be mm-hmm. completely something else and if the average mm-hmm. listener doesn't think oh this music's going to change me oh it's just it's just art whatever if the average listener is saying oh it's just art it's not going to do anything okay then look at the transformation of these actual people look look uh-huh. and what do you contribute that to do you contribute that to oh that's just art that's just their aesthetic or do you contribute that to to a demonic power that they have opened a gates to you know and on f- on the flip side you see all these christian artists and it's like they're living their music and they're putting out music but they're also living good holy lives and it's like you see the two right. the two sides of that And it's a mental shift. And that's where I want to talk about from your experience, because I've had a lot of um, entanglements and all this mentally um, through the years growing up. But just uh, for example, for me, when I was growing up, one of the major things that transformed my life was the death of my mother. Right. And that took me down a mental spiral that I couldn't come back from. Um, And in 2019, I was going through another relapse. of it was the anniversary of my mother's death. I was just going through another depression relapse, and I was I I told God I can't can't do this anymore. I was raised in the church. I didn't understand. I did not have a full commitment relationship with God. But then again, I knew God. So and that was my breaking point. And I was listening to Excess in Tentacion in a bathroom in a hotel room. And from that moment, I was listening to that music and his persona that he uplifted. And I had two decisions, to leave out there in a body bag or to live out my life miserable. Now, obviously, I'm still here. Praise God. But that moment shifted my life. So I wanted to ask you, mentally growing up, from before you received Christ till now, how has your mental health shifted and changed, and what are some examples of what you've gone through in, in the seasons that you've been through?
0: Um, that's a great question. Uh, growing up, I definitely didn't have my head on right. Um, I probably had a whole bunch of demons. I just had a lot going on. I was really rebellious toward authority, Um, I didn't want anybody to tell me what to do. I wanted to live my own life, my own way. I remember um, probably, I I mean, I I definitely remember having the spirit of suicide on me. It wasn't like I actually, um, you know, was really, really trying to kill myself. But I know that there were times where I was about to Mm. kill myself. um, And I thought about it plenty of times as a teenager you know um so that wasn't good and yeah it was just a lot you know I grew up with not the best relationship with my father mm. he lived in the house with me, but that played a pivotal role in my mindset you know um yeah I wouldn't yeah it's just bad like I grew up you know with my dad pretty much abusing me, you know, beating me in a way yeah. to where no 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 daughter should be beat. And that kind of played a role in me wanting to take a masculine role in life because I felt as if I didn't like men cuz I didn't have the best example as a father. Mm. And also, you know, just um just wanting to get back at him and be on his level, you know. So me and my dad, by the time I became you know, a full blown lesbian wearing masculine clothes. Like at that point, I was ready to fight him. You know, like, um, and my, me and my dad, we got in a few fights, like for real, like real mm-hmm. fights. And, um, yeah, yeah, but, um, so that played a toll on my mental health just growing up in that manner, you know, just with not the best dynamic with with a father. I think the trauma from that, was a, was a big influence on why I started doing drugs at a young age mm. and smoking tobacco and doing certain things that I know that weren't good because I found release in that, you know. So I started smoking probably about age 13. Mm. um, And, uh, yeah, I, I was smoking from 13 to 25. I remember even before that, just being younger, I just... I, I used to sleep with a knife under my pillow. Like, wow. I had DMs telling me to kill my dad, you know, and I'm glad that I never did because I told myself, like, if he ever came in my room at night, I would just kill him. But he never did, you know. Um, because, of course, most, well, not of course, but any issue we had was during the daytime. It wasn't like he was, like, you know, sexually abusing me or anything like that, but I still just told myself if he ever came my room at night, I would kill him. I used to watch movies, like, um, all type of murderous shows on TV, so I know the enemy was trying to give me a murderous spirit back mm-hmm. then. Not even trying. I probably had a murderous spirit back then that I was just waiting for the right opportunity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um,
2: mm-hmm
0: but uh yeah it's just crazy um so that's some of the stuff that i struggle with growing up is just you know lack of identity not growing up in the house my household was reversed i grew up in a household where my mom was the man and my dad was the woman pretty much Mm. you know like my dad he made sure we had food he would cook he would clean my mom is hard at work being a teacher and just a lot of things about my upbringing that was in reverse and um you know, that, 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 that was a spirit, you know, trying to not only cause my parents to get a divorce, which they did, um, I think in like, what, 2018 or something like that. So they were married for about what, 20, 20 years, 21 years. Um, But, but it was definitely a spirit in there trying to you know, like, it was, like, if I had to describe it, it would be Jezebel and Ahab, like, my dad for sure had a Ahab spirit, you know, and my mom for sure had a Jezebel spirit because of the dynamic of my upbringing, so, you know, I grew up, you know, want to be an alpha, an alpha woman, I never even described myself as a woman, I was never somebody who wanted to be trans, though, like, I even taught friends out of being trans as I got older, mm-hmm. like two years ago. I taught somebody out of being trans. Um, mm-hmm. I pray to God that, you know, they still on that path of not being trans. But also it's like, um, you know, I never identified as a woman. I just identified as me. I identified as a stud. Mm-hmm. That's what you call in a lesbian world. That's what you call a masculine woman. So that's what I identified as. You know, I called myself a bro. A homie, a dog, you know, like these are things that people call me. You know, I never was like a. Of course, people would still say she, and people would also say he, people who just didn't know
2: mm-hmm.
0: what I was, you know, especially when I had waves and my hair was really short. And I didn't mind. Whatever people wanted to call me, it didn't trigger me. If you called me a dude, oh well. If you called me a girl, oh well. <laughs> I just, you know. So, yeah, I know that's kind of off topic to what you ask. But that's a little more light like into my testimony and how I grew up and, you know, my mentality growing up.
1: And um, I wanted to know, how have you, because these are like two different lifestyles completely. And you know, this is a testament because it's like you lived one life, one side, all the way left. But now God changed you all the way to completely whole different person. And how was that transition for you, like coming to God, coming to Christ? What was your first experience like? We all we all ventured into church spaces, all of us, you know, but we never really, you know, fully committed. But what was that one Sunday where you said, "Okay, I'm gonna do this for my own. I'm gonna write my name down. I'm gonna get a Bible. I'm gonna purchase this. I'm gonna get a, a study guide. I'm on fire for Christ." What is that moment? Yeah, in your that's life? that's
0: definitely not how it went for me. <laughs> that is not how it went for me, brother. So it's a my testimony is too long. Like not, I'm not saying it's too long, but I could I should really be writing a book about my testimony because it's just so many parts. So I'm gonna do my best to make this five minutes. <laughs> so way down the line from what, because what we were just talking about, my upbringing, like so way down the line after being a barber for five years after dropping three albums i'm getting ready to drop the fourth album i was man it's just a lot ooh it's a lot bro had apartment with a girlfriend you know during the pandemic did some crazy during the pandemic uh thought the world was ending cuz the covid took my rent money paid for two music videos you know what i mean um, end up getting linked in with the industry. It was just a lot. It's a lot, man. But to fast forward to the pivotal moment at this point, I started living out my car. Yeah. That's a whole nother testimony. How all that happened, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm trying to get to the main point. I don't want to, it's a lot. That's what I'm saying. But, you know, started living out my car, um, car breaks down, you know, uh, pay a dude, over a thousand dollars to mix my album uh because i was so tired of mixing my own album plus at this point i'm homeless so i don't have a place to set up my studio anymore you know pay this due. you know because i i i I do still get music checked from the world so i had got a check and i was like okay i'm put that toward getting this music mixed car breaking down you know, uh, dude, don't even mix my album the right way. He's supposed to. Oh my to. goodness! A
1: thousand dollars.
0: Yeah, and I only got one song back from him because it was taking him like two, three months. He was making all these excuses somehow. I got a baby on the way, X, Y, Z, and it's like I get it, bro. But why take on this project if you can't handle it? Mm. You know what I mean. So yeah, anyway, that's thing. anyway, it's like um, you know, a lot happened. Uh, Enemy sent the girl who I thought I was in love with, you know, who was really an agent. You know, I had messed with her in the past. Actually wanted to be with her because I was the type of, you know, lesbian who actually wanted a family. I wanted to settle down. I didn't want to just be out here in these streets, especially since I knew I was an artist. And I was like, man, it's going to be so many people trying to get with me. Mm -hmm. But I'm really big on real. You know, even when you come to Christ and certain things about you that ain't gonna change. And to this day, I'm still big on real. Like I like and that's just a God quality. It's honesty. You know, so actually I had taught her how to tattoo way back because I was a tattoo artist. That's what I'm saying. This testimony is just my testimony is crazy, bro. Yeah. So, you know, taught her how to tattoo. Um, and then she started tattooing me, practicing on me, you know what I mean, giving me certain tattoos. And um, the last tattoo, the enemy brought her back into my life. Um, when I was living at my mom's house after my car broke down, she came back into my life. Um, she tattooed me for my album cover because I just seen my album cover, which was completely demonic. I wish I could show it to you. But um, my album cover, I had on this leather jacket that my grandpa gave me, mm. you know, and because um, my grandpa had died like like a year before that. This is a long testimony. <laughs> grandpa had died like a year before that, you know, and my grandpa, he was like the music guy of my family, you know. Anyway, let me not get distracted. Nonetheless, she, um, you know, she still didn't want to be with me. She just wanted to mess with me. She was really a Jezebel, you know, not even Jezebel. I wouldn't even describe that because people get confused between lust and fornication and Jezebel. She was a uh, she. She just had a really bad spirit of lust,
2: mm, and yeah. the
0: enemy sent her to me because I was on a track to where I was low key celibate without claiming it. You know what I mean? I was doing good, but she came and destroyed it. You know what I mean? Because the enemy knew who to send for me to destroy that. Because like I said, I was a little different than a lot of people who were in the gay community, just here to have a good time. I was somebody who was really like, I would say my biggest sin, we know that, you know, there ain't no level to sin. Sin is sin. Sin But my biggest sin, yeah, my biggest sin, if I had to choose one, was idolatry of my own gift that was so much bigger than me being gay because it wasn't like I was out here just caring about that that much. Like, I cared about my craft so much more. Like, my craft, whatever it required of me, if it required me to be in the strip club, if it required me to do this or do that, I was doing it. Like, you know, that was, like, my master. You know, it wasn't even my flesh. Like, I mean, not my... I mean, in the sense of fornication, like, it wasn't even my flesh. That was my master, for real. It was my craft. But nonetheless, the moment... That I came to Christ was I dropped the album. You know, at this time, I have songs on like lesbian TV series. Like, I'm getting paid from overseas for music. I didn't get mad. Uh, interviews, man I did, I, I did a lot I was really linked in uh, with the industry Had already got asked to sell my soul I wow. already blew that Because I was about to But I didn't Then it was like, don't ever come to us And I understood that I understand that even more now Because it's like it's built off of loyalty If I can't trust you to come to a meeting How could I trust you with the secrets exactly. Of everything that we got going on So we definitely can't work with you Because you ain't loyal off it you know what I mean? Mm. Like, you can't be trusted already. So, um, you know, that fell through. Didn't do that. My algorithms is all messed up now. You know what I mean? just a lot going on. A lot of spiritual warfare before I even understand. At this point, the enemy pulling out all the tricks because he know I'm about to get saved. He invited me to, like, freaking orgy parties and stuff that mm-hmm, I didn't mm-hmm. even know. I'm thinking I'm going to, like, a painting ship Mm-mm, literally no. got invited to a paint and sip and it was an orgy party and i had no idea and he just pulling out all the stops and just doing his best to make sure that i don't get saved because i believe that the enemy knows you know um all the, the stuff that's going on so anyway me and a girl we fall through we don't end up getting together and she actually don't because I, I just one thing about me is i was never good at fornicating In a sense of like, I remember I had a one night stand one time and I just felt so terrible. I felt so bad. Like, what? Like, I did this with you and we're never talking again. Like, nah, like, nah, like I just I'm not built that way, you know, especially when it comes to like giving my body to somebody, you know, like, I don't know. It just it just wouldn't be worth it for me. Um, Nonetheless, you know, I'm I'm at my mama's house. Like I was saying, I know it's everywhere. I'm almost <laughs> done. But at my mama house, you know, I'm trying my best, bro. It's a lot. That's what I was trying to say. At my mama house, right? Um, don't have a car no more. The girl tattooed my chest because, like I said, I had this vision of my album cover. Dropped the album. The album is not doing as good as the rest of my music was doing before. And I'm feeling defeated because I'm like, I have no car and where i live it ain't no buses ain't no trains so not having a car where i live is bad because <laughs> i'm basically country, stranded you know I mean?
1: basically stranded,
0: stranded addicted to tobacco can't get the tobacco when wow. i want it can't get can't get the things that i think i need when i want it i already want to quit don't know how i'm i'm trying to quit we the girl that the enemy sent she's Pulling up on me with weed all the time, Mm-mm, I'm like, no. man, this is crazy. That's like, the temptation right there. Getting my body together, <laughs> yeah, like all of it, like all of it was was the temptation, you know. And um, before my 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 rebirth, right? So. I was so confused, and, and I, I tell people this all the time. When I was a lesbian, I really thought it was okay for me to be gay. I already had seeds planted because I used to study with the Jehovah's Witnesses, and they already told me about being lesbian. They already showed me the Second Corinthians. They already showed me certain scriptures, and I got convicted, but it wasn't enough conviction for me to stop. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like It was like, now I know better, so I have to do better, but I'm still not doing better. Yeah. but i know better so you know moving forward it was like i convinced myself which was the enemy right i convinced myself that i'm a special lesbian because i knew i was special i didn't know i was special because i'm god's daughter and i'm beautifully and wonderfully made but i prided myself on like oh you yeah, i'm a special person so i'd be i would be telling the girl like god ain't gonna trip because she was she was like learning about God too, but we didn't know who God was. We just knew it was God, right? Mm-hmm. And we didn't, we didn't, we weren't surrendered to his ways. So it was like, you know, it was real confusing because I will spend the night at her house and I'd be reading the Bible with her and her child. And I mean, not reading the Bible, we'd be praying. So the enemy really tried to like play me, you know what I mean? Mm. And uh, it was like, she uh yeah, I had seen a Jerry Flower sermon. Somehow, cause my YouTube, I used to be on YouTube watching all type of spiritual stuff. It was set the new age stuff because I was in the new age and nah, that's just so long. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but anyway that's a
1: longer story.
0: <laughs> I'm doing the best I can. That's why I'm like, I'm I'm trying to give you the backing details but uh because it's so much like it's a lot that yeah. led up to me coming to Christ like my my testimony is really long bro like I would like when I record my testimony I'm gonna have to really like I just watched somebody testimony and it those two hours that's gonna be mine like <laughs> 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 when I recorded and it was good too yeah but nonetheless you know I was praying, and I was telling, I was trying to convince her that I was a special lesbian, trying to convince her, like, it's okay to be with me, because that was the reason why she, want- she didn't want to be with me, because I was a woman, and mm. I'm like, nah, like, we good, like, God understands, like, I'm God's, like, chosen one, you know? Wait a like, minute just- now, so wait a minute
1: now. <laughs>
0: I'm so confused with the new age, because, you know, that's what they go off of, like, Light Child, Chosen, Ascension, like, you're you're just so confused, right? So I'm confused because I don't know about Jesus yet. I don't know about, I've heard about Jesus, but I don't know, like, it's not all clicking, you know? Yeah. So, anyway, I had watched the Jerry Flower sermon and it was about counterfeit versus the God sent. And then I started realizing I think she's a counterfeit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like
2: yeah, you it was like
0: a light bulb when I was like, I think she's a counterfeit. And then it was like, um, I was like, okay, tell you what, let's both pray. You know, if God want us to be together, you know, or something, if we're meant to be together, God'll give us, he'll tell us something. Never heard from her again.
2: Yep. Ever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that's how that's that's how that went. You know what I mean? God protected me from that. Mind you, album drop, all that. Now, here here we go to the good part. We're at the end, right? So we're at the end where I come to Christ. Okay, so at this point, everything I wanted to be ain't happening. You know, I really wanted to be with that girl, you know, um, despite everything that didn't happen. I was already in my head low-key mentally done
2: because
0: mm. I was like, okay, I'm trying to be in a relationship with women because I was really... Like even the type of lesbian I was, I was really wise. Like that's why I'm saying, like God was using me without using me. Like I remember even being in a barbershop and they used to call me Baby Jesus, you and I ain't and know seeds. nothing about like
1: and seeds. Yeah, like
0: it was just it was just a lot, you know. And it's just like I knew that I didn't want to be with anybody if it wasn't her, and I was just better off by myself, being a thought. <laughs> doing whatever But I wasn't good at that So I was just like it's, it's a dub for me Like it's just me and my music We're good You know So then I have no car My little sister Gets in a car accident We end up getting Whoa. a rental And You know I'm using the rental Taking my mom to work But having the rental during the day Because I'm doing Grubhub At this point um, Just to make extra money One day me and my mom go to the Walmart, out of nowhere, bro, I have a mental breakdown. It's like all the pain in me that I mm. wasn't releasing, it had to come out. And it ain't like I felt like it was going to come out. It just happened. It was just the most random mental breakdown ever.
2: Yeah. I started
0: screaming to God. I don't know what I talked to God about. I don't know what I said mm. to God, but I just remember saying my life ain't supposed to be this way. Yeah, And everything I touched, don't work out mm-hmm. nothing works because it was like when I was in the world I would tell people how to get rich and famous and they would take my advice and get rich and famous and it, it wouldn't work for me like I showed people how to trade mm. like currency trade and they'll get successful and then me I just resell my money and get robbed like it was just be stupid God, stuff like mm, that like God was leading everything you. that I was trying to do God was blocking it, God blocking it, you. blocking it for my good. Yeah, you know what I mean. And um, because He knew, okay, if this works out, I, she'll never be my daughter. Exactly. If this works out, she'll never be my daughter. Exactly.
2: <laughs> if
0: this works out, she'll never be my daughter. So I was like, "Roadblock, roadblock." You talk about
1: you <laughs> talk about Romans eight twenty eight. All things work together for those who love. Like, come on now. All things, mm-hmm. everything, Amen. not the good things. The, mm. Right. Even the
0: things that don't look like yeah. even the things that you wanted to happen that are yeah. supposed to happen. So in conclusion, I had that mental breakdown, right? I had that mental breakdown. I don't know what I said to God, but man. I felt a little better, you know, after I got all that out. You know, we went in Walmart shopped. I remember my mom looking at me like she wanted to cry, but she just couldn't say nothing. Because, like, it was just so random. Like, I was just going off. Like, my life's not supposed to be this way. That's all I remember saying. Like, I can't wait to get to heaven and God show me what I really said. Because I woke up the next morning and I was not the same. Like, Mm. I woke up the next morning and I was reborn. Like, Literally, I'm not playing. Like,
1: Literally,
2: I
0: woke up the next morning. I don't know what I said to God, but I was a new creature. Yeah, <laughs> like,
1: completely transformed. The
0: lesbianism got taken overnight. Alien. You know what I mean? The smoking weed got taken overnight. Mono. The pride got taken overnight. Mono. A lot of these things that was in me got taken overnight. Now, the spirit of addiction. I had to fight for that
2: because
0: mm. stopping smoke tobacco, that was one of the hardest things to get rid of. Like That was so hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I got through it. And I actually was looking in my notebook last year. I mean, I was looking in my notebook yesterday of the things that I wrote um, last year that I wanted God to fulfill in my life. And one of them was to stop smoking and not have no need for drugs and here I am, drug free in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So, Amen. You no, know, God is good. And, Amen. Um, you no, know, my rebirth came overnight. I didn't get baptized until like, let's say, two, three months later. You know, so I got baptized last year, um, August 13th, which yes. is actually my best friend's birthday. Amen. Which is actually the grand opening of my church that I go to. Come on because now. We didn't have a building. And yeah, it's just so prophetic. Yeah, there's a know. lot going
1: on 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 that day.
0: Yeah, so prophetic, you know, and um God is good. Um and yeah, you know, I've been a new creation ever since. You know, certain things. Of course, with everybody, it's not like you get saved and boom, you're like perfect. Yeah, it's a journey to become, definitely. you know, perfect. And um, you know, I didn't I didn't fully quit smoking until probably last fall. I mean, I wrote really like probably about this time last year mm. was when, you know, I got fully set free from tobacco. I had put on I had God was showing me certain things I learned about deliverance. I don't know who deliverance video I put on, but it wasn't no YouTuber that we know. The dude <laughs> probably had like two views. I don't know who he was, but I probably God can work you anyone. God can work th- I know, but I'm just saying to say like it wasn't no like it was just a random video i don't know who's i don't know like i couldn't even find it if i wanted to <laughs> you know like so i put that video on because i remember i had relapsed of smoking i was so mad at myself i was looking in the mirror i was like i see you demon like <laughs> i was just so bad i'm so ashamed of myself and i had I, at this point you know i was living in my mom's house didn't have a bedroom. You know, that's the part I forgot to add about when I went to my mom's house, like no bedroom for me. You know, so I'm living in the couch, you know, low key upset because I was an 18, 19 year old with my own place, working three jobs, wow. doing haircuts, tattoos, studio time. And the Lord completely humbled me to living in my mom's house with no car and nothing like, you know, so it's just crazy. And I'm just sitting here like, man, like, man, like, I can't wait for the Lord to like, elevate me and take me through so i would i would get rental cars because i was doing up mm. and i would low-key try to escape my mama house by sleeping in the rental <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> i low-key was trying to run away because i wanted to move out of georgia so bad because where my mom had moved back to was like literally where i grew up and i'm like i don't want to be around here yeah, anymore you, you know I'm like, I'm a new creation. You know how it is when you first get saved. You don't want to be around yeah, nothing. You're you're not strengthening,
2: you're like, faith. Like to... now
0: I can be around yeah. people I grew up and give them the gospel. But yeah, in the beginning yeah. it was like, oh no, no, I don't want I don't want to see nobody I grew up with. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk to them. You know, these are the same people that saw me do this and this and this. You know, you still had that shame factor, that new babe, you know, milk on your lips. So, you know, God had to uh continue to grow me. You know, for me to be content. So even to this day, I don't have my own place, but actually, I'm working on getting a house with my sister in Christ right now in Jesus' mighty name. But I would uh, stay in a rental and I was doing Grubhub. Now, mind you, doing Grubhub, you pass by 525,000 gas stations and the enemy would be like, it's only a dollar. It's only a dollar. It's only a dollar. It's so accessible. That's the thing. It's
1: so accessible that's yeah. the thing about temptation and anything and any avenue it's so accessible but yeah. also the Bible is yes. also so accessible too you know that's the Amen. thing to Praise lean God. on
0: and prayer
1: yeah. and prayer yeah know? as you told your testimony and there was so much things going on and God saves you <laughs> in that Walmart and you just like you didn't know who you was but you woke up that next morning and it was like a fresh anointing on you I want to know from Amen. you You to other people, you to the younger generation, what are three things you would say to them to motivate them to pursuing God in this season? Three things you can say.
0: Well, number one, I'm making short promise. Number one is it's a lot of things in life to be wrong about, and this is one you don't want to be wrong about, your eternal life. So pursue Christ as soon as you can because this is a privilege that we have to come to Christ and you know again this is a decision that you don't want to be wrong about number 2 will be talk to God for yourself mm. if you don't believe talk to Jesus Jesus they tell me to they tell me to say come into my heart, but I don't even know if you're real. Lord, can you prove yourself real to me? Amen. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to figure this thing out. And, you know, I want to be right. And I don't want to serve a God that's not real. So if you're real, show me. Just be humble enough to ask the Lord to show himself to you. And he will. Why? Because he loves you.
1: Amen.
0: You know how many strings God pulls to get one soul? He leaves the 99 to get one. One. Yep. And he pulls a lot of strings to get that one. And you're that one. So, you know, talk to him. And then number three is the plan that you have for your own life is nothing. It's dirt. It leads to destruction. But the plan that God has for you leads to life. Amen. Peace, joy, eternal life. So you can either live a rocky life without Christ and be in separation from Christ or you could live a rocky life with Christ but also have those that, that unmeasurable, unexplainable peace no matter how your storm looks. You know what I mean? And just to be able to be built up into the man or woman of God that you're supposed to be.
1: Amen.
0: Because in this world... This world is going to take your talent, take your ability and spit it out, probably not even use it. Chances are you're working a job that you were never even called to, you know, or chances are, you know, you're looking into doing things that God never wanted you to do. So if you follow him, he'll make your path straight and he'll provide for you. You know, a lot of times it's like, you know, especially as women, we're out here trying to provide for ourselves when it's like if we're God's children He's going to provide for you. Yep. You know, he really will. Like, out of nowhere, it's unexplainable. So you don't have to be out here working and slaving your life away. You know, be a slave to God instead of a slave to sin. You know, because God, God... can really take your broken pieces and, and 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 make a masterpiece out of it. So that's what I would tell
1: them. Do you have any projects coming up? Any things you be working on? An album coming out pretty soon, or what's what's happening? Update us on that front.
0: Yeah, I'm working on this album that's coming out. I had a plan. One thing about being in crisis... You might have a plan, but it still ain't God's plan. So my plan was to do a whole lot more with my music this year and have a lot of things going on. God's plan was for me to go do the Great Commission, baptize people, you know, cast out demons, you know, become worship leader. That was all God's plan. You know, my plan was just to be doing my music the way that I knew how. But God's plan was to show me, my child, you're more than an artist. Like, it's so much more that I put in you, you know. There's a lot of things about myself I didn't really understand. But nonetheless, I do have an album dropping next month um, on my birthday, the 27th. So, you know, God is good. I'm excited. This album been done for a while. I drop my music really slow. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So I know the music I'm dropping for the next three years. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I operate. I move really slow when it comes to music. I just watch all these Christian artists like, wow, they're dropping music every day. Amazing. And I just be sitting there chilling like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, you know, I got to be led by the Spirit. Um,
2: yeah.
0: My process with music is a lot different. It's crazy because I can make it overnight. Like, I can make a whole album overnight, but I still probably sit on it for like a year.
1: <laughs> and, the, and, the thing about, and the thing about that is... Even though we because we're both creatives right so we can make something in like an hour but God he has the time of hey if you mm-hmm. were to put this if you were to put this out right now it probably wouldn't have reached the person I need you to reach right right so it's like that's so good you know. Listening to God and listening to the Spirit is, like, that's so important. Because at the end of the day, if you're just putting out music, you're just putting out music. Like, this is just another, you know, another thing to right. get streams. But would you rather get streams right. or get souls? You know what I mean? So, Amen. I feel like like yeah. we have our artistic abilities, but God uses it in ways, in different ways, in different avenues. You know? And, and, right. Right. That's where I'm banking on. It's like, I know what I want to do. I want to build a Christian media company. I want to write a book, but I'm like, why am I taking so long to do this? Like, why have I been like procrastinating all this? And it's like, God has had me on the path and he's, he's teaching me things. He's teaching me about how the, how this is supposed to go or how this is supposed to, he's teaching me how to build something that's going to sustain other people and other people's lives and affect more people than just myself and my needs right and it's the same thing on your front right god is teaching you exactly when to put this out exactly when to produce this exactly when to give that out um and coming down to the to the final remarks of this conversation is there anything that you would like to share with the people say um testify something that happened this past month or just recently i would
0: just say you know the more just stay close in your relationship with God, you know, ministry, you know, let's say duties for lack of better words, the ministry duties Mm -hmm. are separate from your actual relationship with Christ. Don't get the two confused. Make sure you're still in the secret place with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Make sure you're vulnerable with God because he knows he sees what's on our heart anyway So you might as well cast your anxieties upon him because he cares about you, right? Talk to God first. Before you talk to others about your issues, talk to God because (laughs) others can't do anything but go to God anyway. So, you know, I'm not saying that you can't have people that you talk to, but also talk to God first, you know, and trust that he's going to take care of that issue. Um, And also... Yeah, that's that's all I really have to say, you know, just excited for what God is going to do in my life. I know it's going to be big, but also kind of like what I was telling you, since music was an idol to me in the world, God is really taking my process really slow. I see a lot of artists who get saved and just come out and pop out as teachers. Mm. I don't think that's the way God wants it to be. And that's not how I'm going to be. You know, because I know that God is calling me not only to music, but calling me to be a voice, you know, in my generation, but also wanting to make sure that I'm biblically sound. You know, Mm. make sure that I'm saying the things he wants me to say, not just the things that are trending,
2: Mm. not
0: just doing things that are trending, not just doing everything for the social media, because if everything I did was on social media, I would have been blown up. You know, because I do a lot of things for God off camera, you know, and I love that about my walk with Christ. It's not for show how my life was before Mm -hmm. when I was in the world, you know, as an artist doing everything for show and doing things. And also, you know, one thing, last thing I'll say to all believers is understand that we are called to make disciples of all nations. So if you're if you're somebody who's set in the faith, you should have somebody who you're discipling. You should have somebody who you're teaching how to be a disciple of Christ because, you know, the Bible says that how will people know the gospel without a preacher? Amen. So we all need to become preachers in our own respect, and it doesn't mean that we're called to have a building in a congregation. It just means, like, you're a preacher to your mom or you're a preacher to your dad or you're a pre. you know? So, yeah.
1: Just planting those seeds wherever <laughs> you can lay. Well, Amen. thank you for coming on. I just want to, to pray us out um, and let's close. Lord God, thank you for this day. Lord Jesus, we praise you for everything that you're doing in our lives. Have you carried our testimonies? Just carried who we are as people, even when we didn't know what was going on in our lives. Lord God, for all our struggles, for all our trials, but even in those moments, you were holding us and you were keeping us and everywhere we laid, even for me and my own story and for all the people listening and for my guests right here. Lord Jesus, we praise you for everything that you're doing in our lives and what you're going to continue to do. And your timing is the timing that we bank on and not our own strength or not in our own ideal. So our God, I praise you for this conversation that it will reach and touch many of lives, Lord Jesus, and that you are on top of it and that you know that one person you're supposed to hear this.
2: So, Lord God, I thank you for everything that you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.